But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore, make disciples of all the nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And that is Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bridge Radio. And we're coming at you from the great state of Texas. I am your host, A.W. Varilla, And next to me, like always, the president of Bridge Ministries, Steve Den Hartog. What is up, everybody? Good to be back. And we have our resident uh, intern here, Tommy D. Lemon Pepper. Hello, hello. Hold Say hi. Back. Hold, hold on, hold on. We gotta, we gotta flesh out what lemon pepper is all oh, about. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just, uh, it's just uh, Don Juan seasoning. That's oh, all. No, that's right. Nothing sus. I think we've said that before. And but have we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we we flushed that out a I little must, bit. I must have been gone that day. Ah, uh, yeah, you might have been. That's true. But uh, yeah, you're. I'm glad that you're watching over that, just so we're not just yeah, saying. You got to keep an eye on everything. You got to be vigilant. <laughs> Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, we are back in the new year. 2023 is here, and uh, we are super excited. Again, um, thank you for just uh, tuning in. Uh, we are looking forward to this year. Last year was an amazing year, guys. It was. Right? A lot of changes at Bridge. A lot of changes at Bridge. We uh, left the old building that you guys, that we were in for, well, I wasn't in there long, but you were, what, uh, 10 years? Yeah, about 11 years. 11 years. And by God's grace and just love towards the ministry, he has uh, uh, gathered his people to support Bridge and got us in a new location. Um, and people were giving and, and, man it's just amazing what god has done and amen and yeah. we've been busy busy uh, a lot of new stuff we're working on a lot of stuff coming up for this year yes a lot so let's it's a new year so i'm just going to take just just one minute here so that we can discuss this uh, uh i think it's important especially that you know it's been uh several weeks that we haven't been on so uh just to update uh on some of the things that are happening uh first the 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 one the, I think the one major thing right now this year that it's gonna it's a translation mm, of yeah. completed him in Spanish by Michael Barrett. Yes. Uh, right now the translator is going through that book fairly quickly, and we're super excited for that to finish. She's close to halfway through, I think, already. Yes. So uh, please, please pray for our friend. Nadette. And if you would like to help support that translation process, it's expensive. So we can always use assistance there. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you guys do not know, unless you've written a book, that it is not cheap uh, to translate a book and then to print it out and distribute that. Uh, we are hoping that this book goes out to all the Spanish-speaking nation, Central America, South America, mm -hmm. Spain, anywhere in the United States, um, it's been very interesting just to see uh, the impact that the book has had on yeah. the translator. And uh, and I just want to mention her name because she's been on the podcast before and she's a friend of the ministry, Nadelka Medina, mm. uh, and her husband, Diego, uh, friends of the ministry, uh, just great brothers and sisters in Christ. And um, they are 
taking uh, their skill sets as God has given us and given them, excuse me, um, and helping out in the translation, yeah. which we are super excited. So please, if you guys want to join in in the effort, uh, please just donate to Bridge Ministry and you can just strictly uh, set it aside for book translation. You just put a note in the donation. Just put a d- note in the donation and uh, Steve will set us apart those funds strictly for that. So if you would like to join us and partner up with that, that would absolutely be great. Um, but TD, what are some of the other things that have been going on here at the ministry as well? Yes. Yeah, so with the new year, we're excited for our new Bible studies that are going to be going yes. on. Um, Systematic will be going through volume three um, by Joe Beakey. And then we're restarting the whole volumes at volume one. Um, we'll be going through Pure by Dean and Sarah. Um, me and Sophie finished up the young adults um, last semester and we had a really good turnout. And this semester we're doing it with high school students. Um, and then as well as Steve. Yeah, no, we've got a, uh, a a shorter, more abbreviated version of uh, systematic theology with uh, the attributes of God mm-hmm. and the work of God with uh, Dr. Uh, Pratt. So we're going to be going through that as well. And then we're still continuing to partner with Birmingham Theological Seminary, and we have our cohort going. We finished our, our last class this past semester. We appreciate them for not just giving us proper training and teaching, but also making sure we have proper application as well. Mm. And then with the new semester, of course, we have the college students back in town, and, and we're excited to get that college traffic flow back. And then also Bill Allison, um, he's here with us in the podcast today, and, and we had him here for a discipleship training this past week, and him sharing his testimony with a, a group full of people here inside Bridge. And so I'll let you um, take it from there, Abe. So yeah, uh, TD already mentioned today's author. We're gonna have uh, Bill Allison. He wrote a book, "Disciple Making Geniuses of Jesus," uh, and we are super excited to have him on. And um, again, this is by uh, Cadre Ministries, um, the 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 publisher of the book. And um, we're gonna be having him in studio. Him and his wife and his daughter came to Laredo, and uh, they've been doing some stuff with disciple making. And we are really, really happy to have him. And uh, um, he'll be with us here today, um, in just a moment here coming up. And yeah, so I just wanted to take just an extra, uh, a little, uh, an extra time today just to go through the things that uh, we are gonna be doing here in the new year, um, and the things that uh, we did last year. Because I think it's important just to keep uh, everybody update updated on the ministry and what we're doing, and just the things that are are, are, are uh, that we are super excited. Mm-hmm. And for our local folks, uh, if you want to go ahead and sign up for the Bible studies, mm-hmm. all right, for the systematic theologies, and then for any student or any adult who's looking to get into seminary, mm-hmm. um, it is very very affordable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you will be blessed. I promise you. There are these are top notch professors who are doing this. You know, uh, yeah. out of their time. You know, and they love teaching. Mm-hmm. And 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 please talk to Steve. Come and visit and talk to Steve. Uh, and again, this is through Birmingham Theological. And we do Center. have Ike Reader, the president yes. of uh, Birmingham, coming down. I think sometime in uh, March or April. Okay. And, uh, so there'll be an opportunity for you know interaction there. Well, there you go for our listeners, our local listeners. Uh, if you're looking, if you're interested in uh, uh, joining the seminary uh, group. Uh, please uh, come in and please come in and you can ask some questions or if you're looking to start maybe next semester uh, fall um, you can come in in March or April and you can talk to the president uh, just a really great guy he is extremely smart great guy yep. 
Well, guys, uh, please don't forget to subscribe to Apple, Android, Google, and Stitcher Radio. And please visit our website at bridgeminlaredo.org. We're also on Spotify. And uh, all the information that we uh, uh, have given you today, you can visit our website and all the information is there. You can sign up. And again, if you have any questions, please reach out. All right, guys, if you guys want to get this podcast started, let's go. Excited to do it. All right. Bill and Stacy Allison serve as Jesus Christ as disciple making missionary. Bill is the executive director of Cadre Ministry, whose mission is to make disciple makers who make more disciple makers. Full disclosure, he got this from Jesus Christ. <laughs> and uh, as part of Bill's uh, missionary role, he's the author and co-author of Jesus-centric disciple-making book, Resources and Training Experience. Welcome to Bridge Radio for the first time in studio, Bill Allison. Welcome. Great to be here, Abe. Thank you so much for having me. So, uh, Bill, uh, you're down here in Laredo. And uh, before we begin, just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and then how's uh, Laredo been treating you so far? Yes. Well, I'm probably the most unlikely candidate to become a (laughs) disciple-making missionary. Uh, And that's a whole long story that we talked about last night. That's right. A bunch of people. It was so much fun. But uh, no, we're, we, we love Laredo, have a long history, probably 10 or 15 years oh, at, wow. uh, working with churches in the area, and especially with the students and youth ministry. We've been, spent a lot of time uh, with, uh, with youth ministry in Laredo, so we love Laredo. Well, welcome. I, you know, I, I do got to disclose this because uh, I found out uh, uh, the other day that uh, Bill is from Illinois and he's a Chicago Bears fan. So we, a Chicago Bears fan, and so we are Bears friends now. Yeah. And you then just you're upset my, every Cowboys fan. I in the know. Area. <laughs> hey, but I'm in Laredo. I love, I love all my Texan people, right? But you guys know where I'm from. But uh, uh, so we we. We are happy for you to be here. Uh, and today, uh, Bill, we're going to be talking about your book, Disciple Making Geniuses of Jesus. Um, and it is uh, published by Cadre Ministries. So, uh, again, before uh, we start talking about chapter one in your book, what, what, how did you get so passionate about disciple making? Well, it, it, when when you are saved from the a crazy life that my parents were um, uh, children of the '60s, do I need to explain any of what, what happened there? <laughs> yeah, maybe for our young yeah. for our young group uh, yeah. listeners out there. <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, there, there was no Christian, there was no church, there was no even a, a foundation of any who God was and what He is, and wow. and especially Jesus, no Jesus. And so my my mom became a Christian while she was bartending. And uh, her wow. bartending friend led her to Christ. Wow. So we, I can't believe that we are uh, here in God's presence and uh, his grace through the cross of Jesus Christ has changed our family and the generations. So uh, that, that helps you understand why I'm so passionate about Jesus, because I know where I would be if Jesus hadn't come into our lives. My mom uh, would often uh, show me... Uh, newspapers of our family they're all on the run from the law and if it weren't for jesus i would be duplicating and replicating that right now wow. so jesus rudely interrupted wow. uh, our descent to hell and uh, saved us from that so that's why you know uh, i heard the story last night and can you just briefly talk about that because i think it was very impactful that your mom's friend mm-hmm. uh, who led her to christ at yeah. the at the bar 
that yeah. work at the bar. Yeah. Can you just a little, just such, I, I know that our listeners love to hear testimonies. So yeah. uh, it, I think it's important to see how God works yeah. and the people that he works through to, uh, to draw yes. himself to people. So I was born and raised in a housing project mm-hmm. in a small town in Illinois. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was two housing projects in that because uh, it was economically depressed area and, mm-hmm. and about 15,000 people. It's not, a, it's not like a city situation, but it, a small town. But we were, it was godless and um, it's, our family was. And uh, th- there was a lot of religion in that town, but we had never been to anything uh, remotely religious. And uh, my mom and dad divorced when I was uh, a very young. I don't ever remember my dad living with us. And mm-hmm. my mom took a job as a bartender because mm-hmm. that's kind of what our whole family did. And uh, it was in that, I like to say, it was in that bar, Jesus began to, the gospel of Jesus came to us. Wow. And uh, my mom had another uh, single mom and uh, who was eking out a living at the tavern. And she... Uh, had a chance to go to another state where her sister was, and uh, her sister had received Christ as her Savior, and she began to uh, tell my mom's friend, Jerry, and Jerry received Christ as her Savior. She came back to that tavern and started sharing Jesus with everybody, including my mom, but my mom would have none of it. She was like, no, I'm not, we're, we're, what you you're crazy because you love Jesus now. I'm not going to be that crazy. And after two weeks, uh, uh, she didn't we didn't work at the bar anymore. Mm. So my mom was still working there, and so she just started coming over to our apartment in the housing project. And the first time she came over, my mom literally shut the shades and closed the door. And she knocked on that door trying to get in to tell us about Jesus. She was holding the Bible. And my mom would have none of it. And she would wow. come over every three or four days, and we would shut the shades and, and close the doors. And one day, that lady would not give up on us. And one day, uh, she got to the door before we could close it. Wow. <laughs> and my mom let her in. And uh, all I remember as a child was that they they both drank coffee at our kitchen table. That little black book that she had, I didn't know it was a Bible, mm-hmm. that little black book that that woman brought with her opened up. And uh, my mom and what I like to call the smoking evangelist because they, <laughs> because they both were still smoking cigarettes at the time. Yeah. And, uh, that's okay. Spurgeon smoked some cigars. So, uh, you know, <laughs> so I've heard. <laughs> and, uh, and the smoking evangelist shared the gospel with my mom. Wow. And over a period of time, my mom received Jesus Christ as her savior. And here we are. Wow. And that, that was a great, great story. And, uh, and, and, and I really like the part and, and sorry, I just want to yeah. touch. You said that, um, uh, your mom, your mom got saved. Right. right? And then going back to the bar, what, what was that going on with her boss? I, yeah. I, I really lo- love that part. When she, she essentially said, I quit because mm. my mom's friend uh, said, I quit. And they were like, what'd you do? Find another job. And she's like, no, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know I'm not working here. And they're like, well, why are you quitting? She said, I finally found what I was looking for. I tried men. I tried drugs. I tried alcohol. I tried all these different things. Mm. And uh, they said, well, what'd you find? And she said, a relationship with Jesus. Wow. And they said, you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and uh she gave her two weeks, right? Yeah. And what was her response to that? Yeah. My mom? Yes. Yeah. My mom hated her because, um, you know, light, this is what the Bible says, right? Uh, men don't like the light. They like mm. the darkness. And, yeah. But she had that great big old light now and everybody was convicted about it. And my mom didn't want anything to do with her. And she was kind of hoping that she wouldn't keep coming over her house. Mm. But thank God she never gave up. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and I think you said that, uh, uh, she was going to give her two weeks notice yes. and 
the and then just coming it's just like i'll go back yeah but i only go back just to finish off but yeah. i'm going to share yeah. jesus right yeah. With everybody at the bar. Yeah. I like uh, to say that that for the la- for that two weeks notice, yeah. it became a ministry run by Jerry. Cause she told <laughs> she's serving alcohol because that's her job, but she's also she and she's a new Christian. Yeah. And she's telling everybody about Jesus why she's leaving the bar. Wow. That's I, I, I'm, I it was an amazing story and just yeah. to see what Jesus has done in um your mom's life and oh. and and how that just trickled down and and and, and the and the Lord is just faithful of it to his own. Right. And, and then, um, because of that, we are here right now, you know, many years have passed and mm-hmm. have passed and we're here interviewing you and you're making disciples and we're super excited about that. So, uh, so let's go ahead and start talking about, uh, the first, uh, uh chapter of your book. And it starts off like this. Why disciple making, why disciple making like Jesus? Can you unpack that a little bit? And for our listeners, we're not going to be going through every chapter here, you got to go and get the book. Okay. And uh, we have it here at bridge, but uh, later on we'll discuss where they can, they can get the book. But, uh, so chapter one, why disciple making like Jesus? Can you unpack that for us? Sometimes ministry, the way we do ministry and the way we do discipling today doesn't feel or look or, or taste like Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. In the in the book, in chapter one, I tell the story of Lena Cray. Mm-hmm. Lena Cray uh, was the, was an Oxford uh, scholar. And uh, he, this is before anybody had access to uh, the scriptures because the church had had a, wouldn't share the scriptures. And so he asked a priest, he was a scholar and he knew Greek. So he asked the priest if, if he could borrow Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because mm-hmm. he wanted to, he wanted to see where it all came from, where the, where the church and all that came from. And so uh, after reading in the original Greek, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he handed the scrolls back to the priest and he said, either these aren't the gospels or we aren't Christians. Mm. What can happen is a body of Christ can kind of become unlike Christ. And that's kind of what happened over the years, if you know church history, right? And so I feel like there needs to be a clarion call back to let's make disciples, but let's do it like Jesus did. Mm. And I think that whole, you know, I like to say the big question of my life is, is, um, you know, how, how can we get back to first century Jesus-like disciple making? Mm. Uh, because I think there's 2000 years of layers now. And I think, I think we live in a day and age when people think they can start a church and make it feel like anybody. No, I think that Jesus is the is the head of the church. And so we must, I think we have to do it in such a way that it looks, feels, tastes like Jesus in a 21st century way, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what you, I'm after. You mentioned in the introduction how yeah. you had a meeting with three pastors. Yes. And you were looking for like a quick and easy plug in making discipleship, like program, yeah. video series. Yeah. Like a lot of the times, it's maybe especially with disciple making, we want something quick and easy. But if we see Jesus and his, his disciples, it was not quick and not easy. No, and it's. I think what we do in current days is these programs and booklets mm-hmm. and books. I actually resisted writing this book for over a decade because I knew it, books don't make disciples. Mm-hmm. Programs don't make disciples. Yes. Disciple makers make disciples. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and this is one of the emphasis that we have here at Bridge. Um, you know, Tommy Daniels came on board um, with us. Uh, how long has it been already? Like, so since uh, August. Since August. Since August, just being able to interact and being so close to university, mm-hmm. seeing the, the young adults and college students. And that's one of the things we operate by as community, that life on life yeah. interactions. As as uh, our friends in the Valley over at Lagos like to say, life on life. Uh, in your book, you say, at the tail end of the earthly ministry, mm-hmm. the resurrected Jesus appeared to the 11 of his dis- disciples and command them to continue to make disciples. Yeah. Where are you getting that from in the Bible? And, I, and everybody knows it, but, you know, I can't assume that everybody does. No, in our you, the, the first thing you can never assume, yes. because <laughs> it's for all of what we've done in church and ministry, the average person who goes to church is biblically illiterate. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is, yeah. right? Yeah. That's Matthew 28, and uh, it's 18 through 20. And it, 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 the question that I love to ask is, it's clear about what he's saying. He's, it, he says, all authority has been given to mm-hmm. me. And he says, I now command you to make disciples. And my, my question is, how would, th- this is like hermeneutics 101. Yeah. If we're going to understand the Bible, we have to ask this question. How would those hearers, those 11 disciples, have heard Jesus when he says make disciples? Because 2,000 years later, we have different ideas about it. So I want to, how would those 11 disciples, what did that mean to them when Jesus said to them, make disciples? And and can you just unpack the order and how it's done? Because I think it's very important because uh, sometimes I feel like we might jump around, and I believe that the way that our Lord Jesus Christ laid it out was in an orderly fashion because he is the God of order, uh, the man God. Um, you know, he starts off saying, go make disciples, mm-hmm. right? Go baptize mm-hmm. them in the Father, Son, and the Spirit, and then go teach. Yeah. Are you able to just give me a little bit what that looks like in disciple making in that order as we're talking about Jesus' disciple-making in the 21st century. Well, let's just, again, one of the reasons, this is such a great thing that you're putting your hand on, Abe, mm. because in the church, when a moment you say disciple-making or the Great Commission, mm-hmm. it's automatic. We Everybody in America lets themselves off the hook. Let me show you how. Okay. Let me just read this. Uh, then... Uh, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority has been in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples uh, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and I am with you always, surely to the end of the age. So the moment in America people hear, go make disciples, they hear this, go to the foreign mission field mm. and make disciples. This is why disciple making isn't really happening in American culture. Mm. We church people. I'm happy about that. That's good. But churching people is different than discipling people. Mm. And so uh, it's interesting. The gospel and disciple making is changing the world as we speak here right now. The Mm. fastest growing church in the Middle East is Iran. Mm. China has a flourishing church. Uh, South America has a flourishing church. The only places that I know of that aren't, that we're in sliding back away from God is America, North America, Europe. It's those, you know, it's those kind of places where the gospel has been a long time. I have to believe that when the average person hears the Great Commission, they think they're off the hook Mm. in America because they're not going to the nations. 
or, or they're giving money and that's enough. And they, they and I'm for that. Yes, absolutely. I think that's huge, right? <laughs> that's why you're here. <laughs> but God expects every follower of Jesus everywhere to make make disciples. Because it's a command, it not is. a suggestion. Exactly. I love how you say in your book here on page 11, he says, perhaps you didn't even bother to pause long enough to read the scriptures above because you recognize it is the Great Commission passage. Been there, you say that. I love that honesty. Mm-hmm. Done that, right? Mm-hmm. But this time, I dare you to stop and ponder it for a moment. Yes. I love that yeah. because, um, again, we know this passage, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a Christian and been a Christian, right, we have... Uh, you've heard that passage uh, over and over again in church, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have, and 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 I do got to give out to uh, a shout out to my former pastors in the Valley in Harlingen, and they've done a great job of disciple making yeah. uh, there, and those disciples making other disciples, mm-hmm. like you know we were just talking about in your intro that. This is something that gets multiplied, mm. right? Mm. Um, so I think that this is really, really great. But with that multiplication comes time, and you talk a, a good amount about that in your book. If you could elaborate for us, like how does that time look like with disciples? So our, I can't imagine a more, at least the way we feel in our country here, we are the most time-starved people. Mm-hmm. I don't have time. I don't have time. The incarnation of Uh, Jesus existed. The Bible says he created the world, right? And he steps out of eternity 2,000 years ago in Israel through a virgin and the whole Christmas story. I have to believe he steps into the time he actually created. And in that time, he pulls people close. And, uh, And this is all in the Gospels. It's so beautiful to see how Jesus realizes who he needs to pull close but it's that it's in john 3 22 it says this simple little thing and i think we just go right over it john 3 22 says jesus went into a judean countryside where he spent some time with them mm-hmm. and that greek word to spend some time with is diatribo and diatribo means to rub off on so let mm-hmm. me let me take that and read it back into the text all right Jesus went into the Judean countryside where he rubbed himself on, off on, he rubbed himself off himself and on his disciples Mm -hmm. so that they became, they started to become, spending time with people is how you pick up the character of Jesus, the the uh, mission of Jesus, the um, way of Jesus, mm-hmm. right? All these different things. It's his way of life that he was rubbing off on these disciples. It wasn't just a bunch of information like we do. We're good about information in this culture, mm-hmm. right? We think that's what it means to uh, be mature. But you can be mature and be woefully misguided in the way you live. You, you, can, be, you can know a lot about the Bible, and actually not have the heart of God. So Jesus is after way more than just information. He's after, you know, how do I say this? He says, um, uh, you know, Paul says, I have a way of life in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. First John 2, 6 says, um, those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. And what Jesus was giving the disciple was, wasn't just Bible study, wasn't just information. 
it was a way of life and it was, I'm going to argue, a disciple making way of life. Yeah, I, I, I love what you say here. He said, you say, the Bible is clear. Together, Jesus' disciples sought to live and replicate Jesus, disciple-making friendships, way of life, and a pattern for disciple-making in the exact same way that Jesus gave it to them over and over. And here's what I really like. And a Jesus-like disciple-making friendship movement was born. Yeah. No, but let me just jump in there. For yeah. I think Paul totally picked up on this. Yeah. What happens a lot of times is we, we think Paul did something different than Jesus. Mm. I could I, I think Jesus would vehemently disagree with that. Jesus in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17 says, I have this way of life, a Christ that, that I learned in Christ Jesus, right? So he has this way of life. So take the book of Romans for a moment. In Romans, he says in Romans 1.12, he says, um, he says, when we get together, he's writing this letter to, he'd never been to Rome before, but there's so many Christians now because people are, they have this disciple making way of life and it's actually taking over the Roman world. Mm. And, uh, he writes this letter to the church at, at, at Rome. And he says, when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. Mm. There's never this hierarchy with Paul or with Jesus. He get, he invites us to mutuality. I'm going to encourage you. You're going to encourage me. I'm expecting that kind of disciple-making friendship. Mm -hmm. Then in Romans 16, we have the longest list of names that everybody skips over. <laughs> his posse. And I'm like, oh my goodness, these are all his friends. Yep. He says, shout out to Rufus. <laughs> uh, he's, his mother is like a mother to me. This is a deep friendship. Yeah. When somebody's mother is as your mom, that's amazing, he says. He also lists these people. He can, he They risked their neck for me, he says. I And then he shouts out, I was in jail when he was in jail. Yeah. These jail friendships, right? Yeah. He's got all this... If you, what we do is it's a shame. We read Romans as if it's some kind of just systematic theology of the gospel. And it is, it's, yeah. it's, it's awesome, but it starts with friendship and it ends with friendship. Yeah. So it, I'm, I'm for this rigorous, robust, intellectual study of God and the gospel, but it's always got to be in community with disciple-making mm -hmm. friends. That's what the church is. Yeah, and and who was who was Paul's encourager? Barnabas, right? Yes. I mean, he, 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 you got Timothy, you got uh, Mark, Paul, right? You got all these guys and those names that you're going like it. It's you can easily pass over that, like you said. And he had friends until the day that he died. Right. He is writing to his friends. He is he's telling his other friends to greet his other friends yeah. in other cities. Yeah. Right. And 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 I think it's very I love that you pointed that out because we forget that. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that we discuss here is that men themselves have a harder time oh, yeah. engaging with other men in friendship as you get older, you know, which is kind of crazy because, you know, when you're in high school, grade school, like guys do a really good job. He's like, oh, man, you know, um, and. And also men will easily get together when it comes to things like doing man things, yeah. right? Like sports, e eating, eating, they'll come together yeah. for that. Right. But man, when it comes to just, uh, talking about just feelings, God, anything like that, it's like, eh, eh, we're, we're good. And I, it, you know, I don't know why that is, but, um, you don't see that in the Bible. Yeah. You don't see that with Jesus. You mm. just pointed out that we don't see with, uh, with Paul, the greatest mission in, missionary ever 
Um, and he had friends, this, this Christian walk. And I've said this before, it's not meant to be alone. Yeah. You can't be a lone Christian. First of all, uh, in your walk with Christ and as a disciple maker, this is why we have a family. That's yeah. why we're called brothers and sisters in Christ. So John 13, 35, and I think this is, this is how, this is how we list live this, right? Mm. John 13, 35 says, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples. Mm. And then he doesn't go on to say that you attend church or that you're, you know, you read the Bible or, you know, by the, that you, you know, so many other things. He says, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples. If you have love for one another, you would think that it would say that you love God, but he says, no, the, what, how the world's going to find out is this real tight family that walks together, that surpasses ethnicity. Mm. It surpasses, um, you know, it, it's not stuck in masculinity. It's not stuck in femininity. Mm. It's, it, it surpasses all this and it really creates what Jesus calls as a family, right? Mm -hmm. And my biological family, I'm thankful for it. I'm married. I have seven kids. They're special. These are special family to me. But my real family is the family of God, mm -hmm. which surpasses all that. And the world will know that we are his disciples if we love one another with mm -hmm. this with this passion. Now, that's going to look different for men and look different for women, and it should, mm -hmm. because I love femininity and I love masculinity. It, God, they're both the image, image of God. Yeah, and and there and I just want to point this out: no guy should be discipling a woman. By the way, <laughs> unless she's your wife, unless she's your yeah. wife. All right, <laughs> so let's make sure that uh, we get that clear. But yeah. uh, I, I, it's a given. Um, no, that's really, really great stuff. I really like. I, I, I really like that you started talking about that Jesus rubbed off on yes. the disciples. I mean, these guys were they had the the greatest teacher ever with him three years i mean yeah. you're talking you're talking about an intense uh seminary yes. <laughs> seven days a week you know non-stop it was for three years yeah let me just say one thing on that yeah. before we leave that so when we get together and we have time together yeah and we start discipling others and each other yeah so uh it requires time with but here's the thing. I don't get to rub me off on you. Mm -hmm. I take Jesus. He's rubbed off on me. And I take Jesus and I rub Jesus off on you and you rub Jesus off on me. Yeah. I always get a little weird. It gets weird for me when somebody says, my disciples. Oh, yeah. you don't have any disciples. Yeah. We're all Jesus's disciples yeah. and we're rubbing Jesus off on each other. But he is ever present in the center. Yeah. He is the king. And he's the one, not us. So sometimes these disciple-making movements get a little crazy because we're counting our own disciples. No, we're all discipling each other, and Jesus is discipling all of us. So let's let's touch on that because um, there's been disciple-making done the wrong way. Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, and again, I think it's important for our listening audience what that looks like. Um, and can you just touch a, touch on that a little bit? Um, and why we need to make, we got to get this right. Yeah. So let me tell you a story and it's maybe this will help. Okay. 
Um, I was 22 years old, fresh out of Bible college. I got hired at a church to be a youth pastor. I had no idea what I was getting into. And, uh, but I don't mind because I can learn, right? And um, I, it was, I was the youth pastor of my home church. So the, here was the great thing. It didn't take me 18 months to figure out who's who in that church. They knew me. They knew my backstory. I knew them. Mm-hmm. So the first Sunday, my, my senior pastor, who's like a father to me, said, uh, you know, we're paying you $9,000 a year. And uh, so you're going to do something on Sunday. And I'm like, well, you're going to preach. What am I going to do? You're, you're going to lead the service, worship service. I don't know how to do it. He goes, get up there and wave your arms and we'll sing the hymn. <laughs> and so I'm like, he's my father. And I'm like, okay, this is what my, I'm, I respect my authority in my life, right? Yeah, yeah. So I get up and this is my first Sunday back after a number of years. And, I, and I'm like, who am I going to pull into this? I, I need some volunteers to help me with the youth ministry. And right, right in the front, I, I recognized someone I've known for most of my life in that small town. Wow. And here's the story. She was a Christian. He uh, was one of the biggest dope smokers in our town. Wow. You probably don't have many people say dope smoking in your, uh, but that's the way it was. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> she became pregnant out of wedlock. Mm. And my pastor went to visit them and led the guy to Christ. And he had been in Christ for one week. Wow. And I felt like God was saying to me, invite them to be in the youth ministry. Oh, wow. So afterwards I went up to him and I said, Hey, I need you guys both. Cause I really need your wife because I'm single. Yeah. I, I need you guys both to do our youth ministry with us. And they said what every Christian says in every church. We'll pray about it, which is <laughs> which is nothing but Christianese for I don't know how to tell you no. No, yeah. And so I said, well, listen, I'll give you one week, but next Sunday I need to know. And yeah. this is the truth. I saw him the next Sunday, and he walked up to. He's real quiet. He's a sweet, uh, deep feeling guy. And uh, he said to me, "Hey, my wife and I are in for the youth ministry." I'm like, "Yes!" <laughs> and he said, uh, on one condition. I'm thinking, whatever he wants, I gotta have him. And uh, he says. Uh, he says, I need you to disciple me. Mm. Now, I don't even know at this point what I thought that meant, but I knew for sure that we needed TW. We needed time together. Mm. And so I said to him, he, he, he drove a chip truck, like a Frito trip. <laughs> and I said, when's the chip truck leave uh, on Monday? He goes, 7.30. I said, I'll be over at 5.30. Have coffee. Bring your Bible let's just follow Jesus. Let's read the Bible and and pray. And let's just do, that's all I knew how to do it. Right. And after doing that for a few days with him, uh, he said to me, Hey, my wife and I were talking and we were wondering, would you like to come over for dinner? Well, I was living in some guy's basement and uh, I I was hungry and I didn't have a woman (laughs) in my life. Right. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. She's one of the best cooks I've ever eaten. But yes, I'll come over. She will come over as much as you want. So he says, come over tonight. That's fine. We're having lasagna. And I'm like, great. So they got two little kids. I sit down and uh, just, I've always loved kids. And we have this beautiful lasagna. It was a, you know, it was just a regular old home, nothing fancy. Nobody had any money. We just, we're just together eating this meal. And at the end of this meal, this guy says, looks at his wife and says, thank you for the delicious meal. He picks up his dishes puts him into the sink, comes back, kisses her, and then starts doing dishes. Now, listen, I'm a single guy, not a woman in sight for a while. 
I'm like, I just saw something very important here because they really love each other. And I can see that they, they enjoy each other. And I'm like, wow, this is a Something's happening here that I got to pick up on. And uh, I'm watching that all happen. And all of a sudden, a dish towel hits me in the head. And I turn around and there he is doing dishes. And like, I'm, not, I'm slow, but not totally stupid, right? <laughs> He's like, we'll feed you, but you got to do the dishes. You know what I'm saying? So I go up there and start doing the dishes with them. Now, who was discipling who? Mm. I think he thought I was discipling him. I believed he was discipling me because that's how it works. I think one of the worst things you can do is say, uh, hey, I'm going to disciple you. I'm up here. You're down here. Mm. I'm gonna... He let me into his house. And you know what I got to see? Because I have a horrible background. I got to see how a man loves his wife. That's disciple making. Mm. I saw a man who loved his kids and a couple who loved each other. And I said to myself, someday I'm going to be married and I'm going to kiss my wife and tell her, thank you for the delicious meal. And then I'm going to do the dishes. My wife's outside here. You yeah, ask her. I'm gonna, I, that. I need to verify yeah. that. I need to verify that. So <laughs> here's my whole point. That's what, to me, that's the Jesus-like very uh, not programmed life on life disciple making mm. that happens that the Holy Spirit makes happen. So what about like the flip side of that? Yes. Like you're, you're trying to pour into someone, meet up with them. Yes. Um, disciple do life on life, but they're kind of flaky or, or they're not totally bought in. How, how what, what's your like perspective or your experience on that? Yeah, you love everybody, mm. right? This is what we're always going to be kind and love everybody. Mm. If you invite somebody to join you on something, they come a few times, then disappear. I'd check back with them, but mm. I never make anybody do anything. Right, right. Uh, and so what I would encourage you to do is pray the disciple makers prayer. We should mm. talk about that at some point, because one of the phrases in that prayer is, Lord, show me who to pull close mm. for Jesus like disciple making. Here's the great news. I'm None of us disciple everybody, right? So, but we are supposed to disciple somebody. Mm. So how can we know, this is crazy, mm. how can we know who to disciple? Two ways. Somebody might be saying, hey, let's get lunch. Let's get dinner. Hey, can I come over and hang out with you? They might be, they might be initiating with you, and you should probably respond to that, right? Mm -hmm. Some of my greatest friendships that I have, somebody reached out to me. But I'm also asking God, who should I reach out to? Yeah. So I try to just listen to the spirit on that. Some some friendships I have are short, some are lifelong. Mm -hmm. So I just let God decide that. I'm going to lean in. You know, I don't want to lean away. I don't want to be indifferent. I'll lean in when somebody leans into me. You talked about Jesus and him doing that over meals last night. Yeah. If you, if you want to touch on that real quickly. Yeah. So I think the way Jesus made disciples, if you if you want to know what time with is made of, it's questions, it's stories, and it's meals. Mm, yeah. Jesus is always coming from a meal, going to a meal, or having a meal. Mm. And he took the whole Passover and explained it was really about him anyway at those mm. meals. But there's something that happens in meals. Like one of my friends from South, South Africa said to me, he invited me over. And I said, well, you don't have to invite me over for dinner. He goes, you don't know anybody until you have dinner with them. <laughs> and I think it's true, right? I mean, there is something about wh where are we headed next? 
to the great banquet in the sky, my friends. That's, That's right. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. And we're going to have a meal together. Yeah. I thought you meant next. Like right now, I'm thinking about lunch as far as a meal goes. <laughs> oh, boy, well, Tommy. I mean, you should have ate, ate lunch before this podcast, buddy. Yes. <laughs> no, uh, we, we talked about that uh, mm. uh, yesterday at dinner. Um, and, yeah, we're going to be in the sky and the biggest yeah. feast that you've ever seen. Amen. What that looks like, I don't know. But yeah. I know that we're going to be eating and drinking. And yeah. that's super exciting. And, and it's all going to glorify God, our Savior, mm. Jesus Christ. And, you know, uh, you know, one thing that we also talk about here in the podcast is we have um, and this is just a general statement. Sometimes we just have a um, a very short sighted view about life. And, you know, we just we're coming out of COVID here, Mm -hmm. you know, almost uh, three years here since this has been going on. A lot of people um, passed away. You know, I I know that our, uh, you know, our listeners here have families Mm -hmm. that have passed away and our focus needs to be on Christ Mm -hmm. and that the hope that we have. Right. As Christian, as we make this up, is this place is temporary. Right. Mm -hmm. And that we should be excited about bringing in people in our family, mm-hmm. right? While we're here, mm-hmm. you know, and let let the Lord Jesus use us, right, as much as He can while we're here. Because I'm not guaranteed another second, another minute mm-hmm. I can leave this place, you know, get hit by a car, have a heart. Who knows, right? And you know, this year has really been something that I've been thinking about that I do want to make more disciples. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's one of the things that my uh, that my wife and I spoke on this new year, uh, be more faithful, mm. you know, to the word, um, spending time with him, spending time with others, right. And do more community. And, um, one thing that we used to do when we lived, uh, and we, and, and we do it here as well is that, uh, on Sunday, we like to invite people over, uh, to our home, depending, you know, who's mm-hmm. available mm-hmm. and, and not just with people that we know, mm-hmm. Um, our church has done really good job of doing, uh, lunch, uh, mm-hmm. lunch after church, uh, which I think it's awesome. And, uh, it gives us time for us to break bread. Um, this is nothing new, right? If you, right. W- if you look in Acts chapter two, right, what is the early church doing? Right. right? They are in temple in one mind mm-hmm. under the teaching of the disciples, right? They're in each other's home breaking bread. And then what starts happening when they're doing that? What is what does the end of that uh, chapter say? And God added, right? God was adding to their numbers. Yeah, it was a work of God. They were just faithful in doing what the Lord has commanded, being together in community. I mean, you can't get away from that that those verses and not see disciple making, not see community, not being in each other's life, not eating together. It's there, right? I would challenge anybody, you know. You know, if we're breaking down those verses, they are together. And because of that, Hmm. everything is exploding. But haven't we, I think we've kind of separated those. Yeah. I'm either Mm. in community Mm. and I love community, Mm. but it's kumbaya Mm. and we don't do the mission. And then the mission people don't have any friends. Yeah. Right. But this is koinonia. Yes. It is a community on mission. Yeah. That's, you know why? That's exactly who Jesus is. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, I mean, my TD, I met TD not too long ago and 
he's he's a he's a brother and I give him a hard time all the time and he's always he loves he, me deeply. He's always wants a hug. And 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 yeah, like he'll come up to me and just like Hey, hug, and I and I joke around with him, and 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 while he's listening here, I'll 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 make it serious. I don't know too many men that just goes up and, and say, "Hey, brother, give me a hug," and he does that, right? And, and and I'll tell you, a lot of a lot of guys will be like, "Oh man, like okay, you know, I do it to him too," but I do really appreciate that you do that because I know that he cares and he loves. And he he doesn't just do it to me. He yeah. do it. He does it to uh, to other brothers. And 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 I know that there are people in his life who are discipling him. Mm-hmm. And I know that he goes out and reach to mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. And I have people in my life who I'm able to reach out. And 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 I think it's very important um, because those people hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. Uh, those people are in your life when things are not going so great. Um, you know I've. I've said this before on the podcast when I first, I got married later on in life. There are things that I failed in my marriage, mm-hmm. right? And people have challenged me mm-hmm. and the word is challenging, pointing me to the word. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is what you need to be as a husband. Where are you in that? And, 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 and I'm very open about that. And my wife will tell you the the person that she married seven years ago is not the same person that it is now. Mm. And I'm hoping that seven years from now, if God allows me to even live that Mm. long, um, I hope that I am a different person that, and the thing is, is that if I was not in disciple making with disciple makers to challenge me and being very, um, you know, frank with me at times of, Hey, you say that you are a Jesus follower. Mm. Do you look like him Mm. when you, when, when these things are happening and the, and and at times the answer would be no. Hmm. And that's convicting, Hmm. very convicting. Once, once you've tasted and seen, and thank you for those words, by the way, I'm gonna give you another hug after this podcast. Okay. Take it easy. (laughs) But, um, you know, once you've tasted and seen disciple making in your life and that being done to you and good community where you can have fun, kumbaya, but when you have people willing to call you out, like, man, you just want that consistently in your own life and in other people's lives and so you know i've only been in laredo for 15 months 14 months but like i've, I've been able to see that the mm. community disciple making and um and that's that's what it's about it's not just the head knowledge but the means and, and the application of it all and um i don't know yeah it's a disciple making friendships yeah. and when you taste those it ruins you for what is normal mm. yeah and yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I know what it's like in my life to, to not be in good community or, or, or be discipled. And I know what it's like to have those things, very different aspects in my life. And so, you know, in your book, you talk about a little bit about time mm-hmm. and you, when you were telling your story with your, your, uh, the guy that, uh, was in your life early on, mm-hmm. uh, you said, Hey, I'm going to meet you at five 30. Cause you yeah. started work. Can, I think it's important. We talk about this making time. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just touch on that? Because, uh, sometimes we can, I, I'm guilty of this, right? Like, oh, we're too busy. And, you know, honestly, like if we really want to make time, we can, mm-hmm. um, the, the question is, are we willing to, you know, make the time and be inconvenienced in other areas? Yeah. Uh, but can you just talk about that and just making time for disciple making yeah. and what that looks like? Um, 
again, I want, I want to tell a story. You tell um, stories. We love stories. Because that's what Jesus did. Yeah, right? absolutely. So I, I mean, Go inside ahead. the stories are the Trojan horses of, of uh, <laughs> biblical principles, right? <laughs> I love it. And, uh, and so um, it's fascinating. Um, I was preached at my home church, and um, at the one that the church that sends me out. And um, this guy came up to me and, and immediately, because again, my prayer is the disciple maker's prayer. It's the second time we've talked about yeah. it. So maybe we could close with it. At yeah, the end. A- absolutely. But, uh, but the, again, like, Lord, show me who to pull close. And this guy comes up to me and I get this nudge. I don't know who he is, but I get this nudge. And I feel like God's saying step one would just be get to know this guy, you know, mm-hmm. but, but I'm having a heart. It's a man thing mm-hmm. uh, because I'm like, how do I say, hey, um, <laughs> want to be buddies i don't know what do you say i don't know it's so awkward right yeah yeah it is and he came up and he was just telling me oh, i'm blessed by your thing that really encouraged me da, da, da. He, and i didn't know who he was and and, I, and i'm getting this nudge but i disagree have you ever repressed god's work in your life right mm-hmm. so i'm like no i'm not doing this this guy will think i'm a weird right yeah. and he started to walk away and i began to panic and he was probably 10 feet away from me and i go hey i yelled at him hey and he turned around like kind of scared and i go and it was awkward he looked at me and i looked at him and i go we sh- we should go to lunch and he goes would you and i said can you and he said yeah so i we got i got his phone number right but something happened three days later i texted him and we went to a Starbucks just over his lunch period, hmm. and we sat down. And I'm looking at this guy, and I'm like, Lord, am I supposed to? This is what I'm saying. Am I supposed to give this more time to this guy? Is this just a, do I need to, what do I need? What do you want from me, God? Hmm. I just need to know. I'll do whatever you want. And he starts telling me this story. And it is like my whole background. He's an alcoholic. He's on a, he's about ready to lose his marriage, three wow. beautiful kids. Uh, there's some train wreck stuff happening. And I'm like, Lord, is this... You know, what do you want from me, Lord? I'm in if you, I'm in, but if I'm not the guy, you need to let me know. And I'm getting nothing. So I finally just said, Hey, I'd like you and your family to come over to our house sometime. My wife has hospitality. She mm-hmm. loves, to, loves to have people in our home. I said, Just talk to your family, see if we can get our families together. I just took one more step. That's all I did. And uh, at that, I, as soon as they walked into our home a couple of weeks later, they walked in, we got time with them. Right away, I could see my wife and his wife were going to... And I was like, okay, and I have a kids of every age, if so it doesn't matter what their kids are. Mm. And we just glommed onto them. They glommed onto us. And at some point, we were on our way to their house. We we're going to like once a month kind of a thing, nothing heavy, just kind of seeing each other, pray for them, encourage them in their walk with God. And um, we noticed that the house across the street was for sale. And I always, when there's a house near me, I'm like, Lord's. my first prayer was, Lord, send me a... A someone who is so far away from you so that we can help them find you. Oh, wow. And then I just paused and I said, if, but if there's somebody you, who's a new Christian, you can send them too. I just said that. So we get to their house and they say, hey, we're moving. And I go, where are you moving? And they said, we don't know yet. My wife looked at me. I looked at her and she said, why don't you guys buy the house across the street from us and we'll raise our kids together. That was 15 years ago. Wow. And now he's leading the Bible studies in our neighborhood. Wow. It's fascinating, right? So all that to say, I I don't want to be too crazy spiritual here. But yeah. I think we assume that God wants us to do everything. Mm. I don't believe that. Mm. God wants us to disciple somebody's. Mm. Yeah. And I think what you do is when you're with people, you're just praying, Lord, is this a short meeting? Is this a long meeting? Is yeah. this going to be a long friendship or a short friendship? Tell me what role you want me to play in this person's life and what role that person wants to 
be in my life. Yeah, just like, just like, uh, just like Paul and addressing the the spiritual gifts in the church. Yes, not everybody's gonna do everything. Yes. right. I think one of the reasons meals are probably the most convenient things to do together is because mm. we all have to eat. Yeah, you know, it's interesting to me in First Peter, th- excuse me, First Timothy three, where Paul lays out the qualifications for leadership. There's hospitality. Hospitality is code for eating together, yeah. right? And putting people, strangers up, whatever it might be, right? But uh, it's interesting to me that we ignore that that one. We've mm. never, we would never say that person can't be a leader in our church because they're not hospitable. Isn't that interesting? Mm, yeah. Because uh, we think so little of hospitality, but I think time together is best traveling some, especially with guys shoulder to shoulder. Let's go to a football game. Let's watch a football game. Let's do whatever we're going to do, right? Face to face is good for women, but not so much for men, right? So let's do something together. Mm-hmm. You know what we do in our neighborhood? We have eight guys. Only about three of us are followers of Jesus. Some are church, some are pagan, some are whatever. We walk the neighborhood. We do mm-hmm. three miles Tuesdays and Thursdays mornings. And so it's comfortable because we're not looking at each other. <laughs> yeah. And can, can you, can you just uh, talk about that a little bit more in, in, um, I don't know if you've heard of Rosario Butterfield. I from, love Rosario we've, Butterfield. So we've interviewed her here and yeah. she had that book, The Gospel Comes with a House King. Yes. Uh, this is a, she was a staunch lesbian, like mm-hmm. one of those angry ones. Uh, and it was people inviting her over to eat a meal. It was a pastor. It was a pastor, a pastor. That's it. They were just eating. They're inviting her and to come over, eat and have a meal. Exactly. I, I I'm just thinking that, and, and, and again, that uh, I've experienced this with certain Christians, right? At, at our own church, you know, back, back up North where, um, we're Christians and you only hang out with Christians mm-hmm. and that you, you can't hang out and eat dinner with people that don't know mm-hmm. Christ because I don't know if it's like they think it's a sin or something like that, but it's totally, totally opposite what Jesus did, obviously. Exactly. Right. And he it, did get in trouble for it from the religious people. Yes, yeah. they, he, he did. And again, they were legalistic uh, because they of it. Wrong. And they were wrong. Yeah. Um, but I, for a listening audience, can, can you just touch on that? Like you just said, you're walking with, like, you're just doing activities, yeah, right? And, exactly. and what does that look like for somebody who might be able to just like, well, how do I invite my, you know, my unsaved neighbor who, you know, who's an alcoholic or, you know, but he's really nice and the family's on me and like, how does that happen? Like, what do you, what do you do? You know? Cause some people will be like, Ooh, why would I, why would I go hang around with those people? Oh my goodness. Look at them. I will confess to you mm. that um, w- if there were some church people that joined us on our walk or if they could hear, you know, it's eight men, yeah. sometimes 10 men, some whatever, right? It goes back and forth. It's every man issue comes up every day. Yeah. And I, there are man issues, right? Yeah. And so it's always a little Bible. It's always, a, we do, we pray at the end of this thing, even, even the people that don't pray bow their heads and we pray at the end of the walk and one of us takes turns doing it, whatever. But in the between time, there's some, some saucy language that some of these guys will inject into the conversation that you probably wouldn't want to use in any other way, but, but uh, not necessarily us, but there's, I mean, these are guys, they're they're. This is how they talk. This is how they think. 
politics comes up, all these crazy things that are really side issues. Yeah. But this is what happens when men walk together. Yeah. And uh, it's messy. And yeah. it's and it's um, it doesn't feel very safe. And I mean, it, it's you know, it, it, but it is what it is. But I think it's the rawness of that. Mm-hmm. That uh, and I think Jesus was in these places that oh. were. It was pretty raw, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, but he's not afraid to move toward it. No. And uh, so the, the goal of of uh, you know following Jesus is to help other people follow Jesus, and yeah. that means you got to go to them. Yeah. And uh, that doesn't mean you adopt their language. It doesn't mean you adopt their politics. It doesn't mean you adopt all these things, but it does mean that you lean into that because that's the. Only... Listen, I came from bartending women. Yeah. And. Uh, if it weren't for the one that leaned into us, I wouldn't be here. So we have we have to be in community on mission, and, yeah. and that's how it looks. It's messy. It's very messy. Very messy because we're 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 supposed to be in the world, not be part of it. Yes, and and we forget that. And I I I think that's very important for our listeners. And I'm really glad that you brought that out that you're doing with these men and mm-hmm. how raw it gets. Mm-hmm. Um, for our listening audience, guys, like they don't know Christ. Mm-hmm. they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like mm-hmm. you guys got to remember that they, you, sometimes us as Christians can get judgy about that, Agreed. you know, and we're like, oh, I can't yeah. have those people rub on, right. on, on me. Uh, I mean, you definitely want to be careful, right? Yeah. Uh, um, because you need, wisdom. It, you need wisdom, but I know that you're there with other Christian men Yes, that I think is, I'm sure it's very yes. important to have that you have other Christian men with you. And those guys, they're going to see that like, man, I was with these brothers. Yeah. I was talking like this. I was telling, you know, they might be, you know, pouring out their, their hearts to you mm-hmm. as men do. And like you said, the language might be a little off colored. Mm. It's not my job to correct them right. right then and there that, hey, whoa, 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 don't talk. You know, you let them be what they need to be ex- expressed, you yeah. know, and then you keep coming back and hopefully... Right, because it's the Lord's work, yeah. right? By His Spirit, His Spirit doing it. Yes, mm-hmm. it's not us. Mm-hmm. We are just the messenger, right? Like we mm-hmm. proclaim these truths, right? That it comes from God, but it's not. We are not going to change your heart. God mm-hmm. is going to change your heart, mm-hmm. right? We are just the means mm-hmm. to that. But He does that through community, and relationships. Yes, yeah. those those are the means, right? Yeah. How, and it can be done in so relationship, community. What, what, it's it it's how it gets done and 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 i hope and i'm sure that you would encourage people to go out and grab and talk to people right i just sent a text uh two days ago i got an an email letting me know that zz top texas finest um (laughs) are coming to peoria where i live in illinois and the first thing i thought was i want to go with these guys yeah um i know that's probably not going to go fly over your whole audience yeah. right but uh but if if that means we can be together it would it, it's more time together yeah and uh yeah, yeah. a little didn't 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 yeah uh, no uh you probably have never had anybody say zz top on one of your podcasts uh, let me uh, see i don't know that's a we've we've you can I don't think so. no 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 we'll keep that in there that's absolutely fine um yeah no i i think it's great and um I, I mean, this podcast has gone really fast. We've already been, we're going on almost uh, an hour. Um, but, uh, but you know, one of the things, uh, Bill, before we land this plane is that, uh, by the way, guys, we barely 
touch the surface on the book. Really, right? only one in two chapters. Yeah. The first two. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. and you're probably our listeners probably like, what? There's more. It's like, yes, there's a lot more. Again, you guys got to go get out the book. Uh, one thing, uh, Bill, uh, before we want to land this plane. Um, I would like you to share the gospel because uh, yeah. to our worldwide audience is what our authors do. And then after you share the gospel with our worldwide audience, um, I want you to uh, uh, do the disciple making prayer. And uh, I do want to let our uh, listening audience know that this is based on scripture, his disciple making prayer, right? Which is from God. And and I'm just going to go through some of the verses here. I'm not going to read them. Yeah. If people want to go ahead um, and, and look at them. They can, so, just so you know, Abe, yeah. um, they, they can go to disciplemakersprayer.com okay. and see it. And see it. Okay. Uh, so, so that's where, that's where you can go. But here, here's where the, this is based on, uh, Deuteronomy six, one through nine, Mark three, 13 to 14 and Mark 12, 30 to 31, Matthew 28, uh, 18 to 20, John 17, uh, uh, tw- uh, verse 20, Acts 1, verse 8, and 1 Corinthians 4, 16 to 17. So yeah. I just want to throw that out there just in case, you know, uh, some listening out of this guy's, you know, have this prayer coming out of this is, bit, you know, solely uh, based on scripture because I want to make sure that, you know, we let our audience, everything that we do here, that it is uh, Bible centered. Uh, it's from the word. And so, so we're, let's, let's share the gospel with a worldwide audience. And then the disciple makers prayer, Paul says it this way, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. And then he talks about how he appeared to different people. So this is, this is the gospel, but there's, it's a story too. Um, you know, God created the earth and he put Adam and Eve in, a, in a, the most perfect place ever called the Garden of Eden. And he told them to do, don't eat off the knowledge of tree of good and evil because he never wanted them to know evil. And of course, that's where the snake, which we now know who is Satan, who's tempting them. And, and they chose to do something apart from God and do their own thing. And they, they ate of the tree of which God told them not to, and they knew evil. And at that moment, when God is dishing out uh, you know the the man, the woman, and the and the the consequences to the snake. He says, one day there's going to be born, one born of a woman who will crush your head mm-hmm. and you will bruise his heel. And the whole Old Testament is about who is this one who is going to come. And of course, we see him revealed in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And from that point on. Uh, we see the story. The story is Jesus knew the only way to reconnect us to God is through a blood sacrifice. And that mm-hmm. starts right off in Genesis and all the way through. And it's just a common theme. And now he's the ultimate blood sacrifice. There's no more need for animal sacrifices because those were all sh- foreshadowing what was the truth and what the real one was. And it's Jesus. He's the Lamb of God. He shed his blood. He rose again the third day. And uh, when someone not only hears that, but believes that Jesus did it for him or her, that's when that gospel becomes powerful in your life. Paul called it the most, uh, what is it? It's the, the power of the gospel, the dunamis, the, the, where we get the word dynamite. It's this powerful thing. And I stand, I sit here in this room with you all because that gospel came to me through broken women who found Jesus. And um, it 
it has been the most powerful thing in my life that mm. I can only with the rest of my life try to share that with everybody I can and make disciples who make disciples who make more disciples. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So for our listening audience, go make disciples. We're going to close off uh, this podcast. This is one of the few times that we get to close off the podcast in a prayer. So, uh, Bill, go ahead. Yeah. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving me a disciple-making way of life in Christ Jesus. As I go through every part of this day, help me to love you and love the people who cross my path, starting with my family. Don't let me miss the adventures you are sending my way to live and speak the good news about Jesus today. Draw my heart to you and to specific people you want me to pull close for Jesus-like disciple-making friendships. By your word and spirit, transform me into a follower of Jesus who loves you, loves people, and makes disciples who make more disciples ad infinitum. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So, guys, you can uh, go to that uh, website, which is disciplemakersprayer.com, and you can uh, download that or copy, take a picture mm-hmm. of that prayer. Again, it's rooted in scripture. But, uh, Bill, uh, if you want to be found, you and your wife want to be found, where can they find you? Social media, website, uh, where can they find your book, Outside a Bridge? Okay, the book is available at our ministry website. That's Cadre Missionaries. Dot com, mm-hmm. And uh, we're on Facebook, Bill Allison One. Uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter, Bill C323. Uh, and my email is Bill at Cadre Missionaries.com. And Cadre is C A D R E Missionaries.com. So please go check out the book, go purchase it. Uh, again, uh, uh, Bill and his wife are missionaries. Uh, this will go uh, help out. Uh, for uh, the ministry and um, Bill thank you for coming on Bridge Radio today it was very 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 awesome to have you here and uh, I am definitely just blessed and loving reading your book and it was just really really good to just have you on and uh, again for our listening audience please go visit uh, the website and go please go get the book and again Go make disciples, right? Go make disciples. And if you have any questions, please reach out to Bill, okay? Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this week's episode with Bill Allison on his book, Disciple Making Genius of Jesus. Uh, Jesus like disciple making friendships that multiply. Well, uh, TD, what did you think about the podcast? I just gotta today? know when is the part two? Because I feel like we just scratched the surface of this conversation, and there's so much that we could have dived into. And um, this really hit home for me because in the last 11 years, you know, there have been countless people that have had a meal with me after church during the week, have had those tough conversations. They've invited me over, done life with me, and um, man, we just we missed the mark heavily when it comes to community and disciple making. And this was deeply encouraging to my own life. And I can't imagine how many people feel the same way listening to this podcast, man. Yeah, I, I think just uh, just uh, talking to Bill, uh, it's definitely uh, one of the things that I want to do better this year mm-hmm. is uh, go reach out other men, go reach other mm-hmm. men that don't know Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's one thing that I would encourage our listeners to do, uh, our, our brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world, go grab somebody, right? Go grab another man, go grab 
women go grab another woman and and just start off with a meal and And a cup of coffee or anything and see what happens, right? As much as we want to gung-ho and hoorah, kumbaya, and and just go out and do it, man, we got to make sure us ourselves too are sitting under people that are discipling us. That's a huge part of it. Yes. Amen. So guys, please go get the book, Disciple Making Genius of Jesus by Bill Allison. Jesus-like disciple makings and friendship that multiply. Um, And go make disciples. Um, Please don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And like we always like to end the show, what is your only comfort in life and in death that that I am not my own but belong body and soul in life, in death, to my faithful Savior? Jesus Christ. Till next week, guys. See you.